0: to come and deliver and they, all they could ask him is who do you think you are or who are you to deliver us the rejection that he faced but when God reminds him that I'm the same God that was true to your father Abraham I am the same God who was true to your father Isaac I am the same God who was true to your father Jacob or Israel then That made every reason, every bitterness, every, should I call it stupid question that Moses had or attitude he had against God, it nullified it. Because God is telling Moses, I never changed. You have lost your job. God is telling Moses, I have not lost my capacity as God and as the deliverer of the children of Israel. I am committed to delivering these people. I am still remembering my promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. That your descendants, I told your father Abraham, that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign They will be slaves in a foreign country that will enslave them for 400 years. And after that, I will come and deliver them with a mighty deliverance. And I will pay them for their years by the time I get them out. When God introduces himself as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob to Moses, he is telling Moses, I did not change. The deal is still on. I am still that God who is true and faithful and who is a promise keeper, the God who is the deliverer, the God who is Jehovah Jireh, the God who is Jehovah your banner. He is your righteousness. I am still the same God. And Moses has to hide. I want to remind you today in the name of the Lord that this same God who reminded Moses that I'm the same is the same God to you. It is the God who opened the door for you to go to the university. While millions have not touched, I've never seen the door to a high school. It's the same God who gave you power to create wealth which has been threatened or severely dented. He's the God who gave you those children. He's the same God who gave you the ability to become a father, to become a mother, while there are millions in the world who will never embrace a child of their own. He never gave you those children and not have a plan to feed them and how to take them through school. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your God and my God has not forsaken me. He is the same God who will restore your ministry. He is the same God who will restore your business. He is the same God who will put you back on your feet in the name of Jesus Christ. Because his promises cannot be threatened. I want us to look at verse 7. We are heading to verse 13. And the Lord said to Moses, after reminding him that I am the same God who was true to Abraham, who was true to, to, to Isaac and to Jacob, he tells him, I have seen surely, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt for 400 years. I have surely seen, God tells Moses, I have seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. And I know their sorrows. Let's remain there. And I know their sorrows. God tells Moses, Don't think that I'm not aware that you are going through adversity. Don't think that I'm not aware or oh, I lost memory of where my children are in Egypt. God knows your address. God knows the estate of the development where you live and where I live. God knows the details of what is happening. He highlights like three things in verses 7. He says, I have surely seen the oppression. God said, I know they are oppressed and I've been watching it. I've been watching their oppressors and the oppression that they are going through. I am not without understanding. I know, and today I want you to know, God knows what you are going through. God understands what you are going through. God is aware of what you are going through, my brother, my sister. God knows what you are going through. He tells Moses number two, he tells him, I have heard their cry. I have heard their cry. What was this cry? That the oppression comes to an end. They cried to God for how many years? Man, my brother, my sister, the children of Israel were in oppression for 400 years. And God was silent about their oppression until now. The fact that nothing is changing in your situation doesn't mean that God has taken leave and He doesn't know what you're going through. He knows. I am here to tell you that God knows. I feel like God has hired me today to come and tell you, he knows you. He knows the details of your family. He knows you have not paid rent. (laughs) He knows you have no money to pay your mortgage. There's no money to pay your rentals. There's no money. You have no money. He knows you have no money to feed your family, probably. You have no food. You have no job. Your business is dead. He knows. They cried to him, and they thought he doesn't hear. But he says... I not only heard, I have seen the oppression and I have heard every cry that they made for me. And today I want you to know that God has heard every cry that you have cried to him. And he's not seated with his legs crossed. He's doing something. The miracle is in the house, I repeat. The miracle is in the house. God says the third thing, he says, I know their sorrows. If God had seen the oppression... Of the children of Israel for 400 years, although he never did much to deliver them. And he had heard their cry. And he finishes by saying, I know their sorrows. You want to tell me you are the only person that God has forgotten? My brother, answer me. My sister, answer me. Bishop, By, answer this question. Will you allow what you have gone through to convince you that God has forgotten you? Are you going to allow yourself to think that God doesn't know what you're going through? God tells Moses, I've not only seen, seen the oppression, I've not only heard their cry, hey. he says, I know the sorrow they're going through and he knows what you and me have gone through and the promise still stands the deal is still on give me verse 8 let's look at verse 8 God says so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians <laughs> And to bring them off from that land to a good land, to a good and a large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites and the Etides and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Evites and the Jebusites. Let's just shorten it. I'll bring you to a good and a large land occupied by the heights. Those names are very complicated. They are not Kenyan names, so I have a hard time going through all of them, so I simply call them the heights. Let's interrogate this verse, and let's look deep into this. Let's throw some light into it. God says, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Hey, hey. The Lord is working out a plan. We quote Jeremiah 29 and 11 every time, but sometimes you need to read it again today after this message. He says, For I know the plans that I think towards you. I know the plans that I have towards you. I like this. The New King James Version says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Let's look at the world thoughts. You know, I like thinking. I am a thinker. I like thinking. And when I'm thinking, when I want to think real good, I get into my car and drive alone. Why? Why is my car one of my thinking chambers? Because when I'm alone, I can think without interruptions. I have paid hotels for a week or two weeks just to pray, think, and write. God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, to my brother, my sister. God is thinking, and you are busy interrupting him. I am busy disturbing him. Your complaints and my murmuring is a destruction to his thinking. He says, I have thoughts of peace. I have a good plan for you. You are jobless today, yes, but I'll give you a better job tomorrow. Yeah, you have no food today, you have no money for rent today. You will swim in plenty because I have a plan. And he says, This plan is, these thoughts are of peace and not of evil. I want you to lift your eyes from today and look at the future that God has for you, which is brighter and greater than what you're going through right now. He says, I'll give you a future and a hope. We missed the last part of this verse. The aspect of hope. What is the use of knowing that God has a future for you and yet you have no hope that tells you it will be better tomorrow? That tomorrow will be better than today. Hope keeps faith alive. Hope is the raw material that faith uses to manufacture your miracle. I repeat... Hope is the raw material that faith uses to manufacture your miracle. There is no need of confessing that God has a future for me while you don't generate the hope to wait for that future. That's why Jesus asked a very simple question. When I come back to the earth, will I find faith? Because he has good plans for each one of us. Believe me believe me though you are evicted from your house from your house of from your, house, from your home from your house he has a future for you if we go back to verse 8 you will discover he tells moses i have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and large land you are tomorrow my tomorrow Life will not be miserable. The God of restoration, the God of recovery will give you the keys to recovery and he'll give you a better job, a bigger, a better paying job, a better business, a money-making business, a profit-making business. God will restore your ministry. God will restore and increase the membership in your ministry. God will save more people and will bring them to your church. It is not over. God is already worked out a plan. He says, I will give you the land flowing with milk and honey, although it is occupied by somebody else today. That's a message for another day. The heights are in it. I will drive them out and give you that. Let's go to verse 9 because of time. Now therefore, (laughs) behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10, come now therefore, whoa, come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. <laughs> Remember, Moses was still had a lot of unanswered questions, which I want to call a door that was open. A door that was still open, he still had a beef with God, he still had issues with God to tackle. And God ignores all that Moses has in his mind, where he's looking for a date with God to ask him questions. And God ignores all that and tells him, Therefore, come now, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11 begins the most interesting part of this message. Moses, I believe he kept quiet a little bit. And this is what came out of his mouth. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. The mentioning of Pharaoh to Moses brought a lot of painful memories. The mention of Pharaoh to Moses brought a lot of painful memories. It revived all the years of obscurity and the pain that he had gone through. Why? Pharaoh was the reason why Moses fled into the wilderness. Pharaoh had a bound on Moses' head. After Moses killed an Egyptian and buried him without a burial permit, buried him on the sand. A warrant of arrest was signed by Pharaoh to get Moses' and answer for his mother church. And now God comes to tell Moses, the very man who made you run away is the same man I'm sending you back to. Hey, hey. If it were me, I would tell God this. You have a very good idea of recovery plan and restoration you have a deliverance mission that looks very good. But you are you have the wrong man. Forty years ago, I was ready. Forty years ago, Jehovah God, I was very ready, but you never backed me. I started the deliverance ministries international <coughs> or deliverance church. I started a ministry of deliverance, and you allowed me to fail. You never supported me. You never stood with me. I would tell God that. If it was me, I would tell God, God, 40 years ago, I am now 80 years. 40 years ago, I was ready to do what you are calling me to do today. That time I was ready. That time I had the finances. That time I had the muscle. That time I had the goodwill. That That time I had the excitement to f- carry out my mission as a deliverer. But... 40 years later, which is now 80 years, God at 80, mm, look for somebody else. I have no interest. Who am I? And some of us feel like God has taken all the strength, dended your hope, and left you empty. You simply don't have the energy to face life. And his challenges, the way you used to. You had everything figured out like Moses. But today, that door Moses never shut. And although he was facing the greatest moment of his life, a moment of advancing through his adversity and to move to the next level of his ministry and existence. The door to his past negative experiences made him challenge God and tell him, you're the wrong man. Give me verse 12 as I go to verse 13 to finish. So he said, God tells Moses, I will certainly be with you because I've never left you.